0: You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. Welcome back.
1: Breaking news that's coming in right now. Prime Minister Modi rips into party parties. Prime Minister Modi says dynasty politics is a threat to democracy. Prime Minister's jibe
0: at the Gandhi's. He says party for and of family the prime minister has slammed the opposition boycott says this wasn't a political event what's the biggest threat to our country right now in the speech that prime minister narendra modi gave this independence day the spot reserved for announcement of major government initiatives he said that the two big challenges were corruption and dynastic politics this isn't the first time that someone's talked about the ills of dynastic politics But the magnification of the scale of the problem was new. So what's brought this on and why does dynastic politics survive? You're listening to First Voice, Last Word, our weekly podcast on Indian politics. I'm Sunitra Chaudhary, National Political Editor for Hindustan Times. And in my two decades of experience, I've realized that politics is often like reality TV, full of dramatic personalities making strategic moves. But unlike the entertainment that stars provide, this actually impacts our lives. So let me take you inside these corridors of power to understand what the Netas are talking about. And today, I tell you the story of Dynas and why they thrive.
1: Politics is about public service and the ability to build relationships with your voters.
0: 40-year-old Gaurav Gogoi is the quintessential politician from a political family, more commonly known as Dynas. His father, Tarun Gogoi, was a three-time chief minister of Assam and also served as a Congress MLA and an MP for several terms. While the father began his career in the late 60s in a modest manner as part of the municipal board, Gaurav's entry into politics came in a very, very high-profile manner. He was the chief minister's son and got a lot of attention for his debut in 2014. He's set to make his poll debut from a seat that has been a traditional family bastion. And Congress is putting its weight behind the Assam chief minister's son, who's preparing to tip the anti-incumbency factor in Koliabor.
1: I always uh, say that I'm the son of both my father and my mother. My mother's name, unfortunately, in our patriarchal society gets left out. Her name is Dolly Gogoi. Uh, but I feel that the coming from a political family, they should not disqualify someone from entering politics.
0: It certainly wasn't a disqualification. And in that election, when Narendra Modi swept to power by wiping out the Congress party, it was the Gogoi family name and the years of connection that his father and also his uncle Deep Gogoi had with the Kaliabor constituency that helped him win. But Gaurav's point and the point that other dynasts make is that while they get an advantage and recall in the first election, in all other elections after that, it becomes a level playing field. That's why even though the constituency has become a family stronghold since 1991, Gaurav getting 55% of the vote share in the next election, that's in 2019, he feels gives him legitimacy.
1: Now, being from a political family, no doubt, helps you in building those relationships. But ultimately, people will judge you on the basis of your track record. If in Parliament, I don't speak up for my state, if I don't spend time with my voters and understand the aspirations of different sections of society, if I don't try to resolve the issues, then... People will not vote for me. People are not in awe of your political lineage for too long. They will judge you on the basis of the causes that you're fighting for, on the amount of time you invest in building relationships with them. And they will judge you for your sincerity and your integrity.
0: In some ways, God of Kogoi is right. But one can't discount the enormity of the advantage that dynas have in our political system, where it's not unusual for candidates to pay crores of rupees for the chance to get a party ticket or fight with hundreds of others for the chance to participate in the local levels of government. Gogoi and others have been able to walk in without any struggle. And it's that privilege and political lobbying that Narendra Modi seems to be targeting with this latest campaign.
2: परिवारवादी राजनीति परिवार की भलाई के लिए होती है उसको देश की भलाई से कोई लेना देना नहीं होता है और इसलिए लाल किले की प्राची से तिरंगे झंडे के आन-बान शान के नीचे भारत के संविधान का समर्थन करते हुए मैं देशवासियों को खुले मन से कहना चाहता हूँ आइए हिंदुस्तान के राजनीति के
0: The most obvious target of the Prime Minister's attack is, of course, Gaurav Gogoi's party, the Indian National Congress. As a Centre for Policy Researcher's Rahul Verma found in his research, this line of attack will be used by the Bharatiya Janta party to grow in unexplored parts of the country.
3: Uh, prime Minister Narendra Modi's attack on dynastic politics, in my opinion, is directed both at the Congress party as well as many state level formations. See uh, the PM has been basically attacking the dynasticism in Congress party since he started his prime ministerial campaign in 2013 when he started using the terms such as Shehzada uh, and Sultanat and other things. Now that post-2019 BJP is trying to expand itself in states where regional parties are strong this plank is going to gain more traction uh, with time and PM's speech on 15th August 2022 uh, basically called dynasticism as uh, one of the two great Evils that this country is facing at the moment. Uh, and so, if you see that uh, BJP is trying to expand itself in Bengal or in Telangana, and in both these states, state level formations are led by, in some ways, political families. Uh, the party will also try to expand itself in Maharashtra uh, and in Bihar now after JDU has left and joined hand with RJD. So, going forward, This plank is going to be one of the important platforms on which BJP is going to build its campaign on. And remember, the plank of dynasticism is also closely tied with corruption slash nepotism. uh, And it's also tied to inability to govern and deliver things properly. So what BJP is trying to build a very powerful message around dynasticism, corruption and misgovernance.
1: The term dynasty is nothing but an attempt by the BJP to belittle the Congress party and belittle our achievements and our history. Our history of taking part in the freedom movement, our commitment towards defending the constitution of India, our belief that the rights of the people of India must be respected The rights of every state in the Union of India must be respected. And that is what the Congress party stands for. The Congress party stands for that for India to progress, every stakeholder has to be taken along. And therefore, we stand for harmony, unity, and respect for diversity. So when the BJP tries to negate all of this and use the term dynasty, Often in its rhetoric, it only exposes its hypocrisy. Look at the recent entrance into the BJP. They come from major political families. They're already second generation and third generation leaders from political families within the BJP. And in fact, the BJP often target the Nehru Gandhi family, yet in their own party, that is a member of the Nehru Gandhi family. So this is, as I said, and attempt to belittle and to deflect the attention of the people of India from the BJP's own failures in governance.
0: It's an interesting idea. Whenever you attack the Congress for being a dynastic party, they always hit back with the fact that so many of the BJP's top leaders are also dynasts Piyush Koel, Dharmendra Pradhan, Jain Sinha, Davendra Fadnavis, and so many others. But for some reason... It doesn't stick to them as much as it sticks to other parties like the Congress or the DMK or so many other regional parties. According to data put together by academic Kanchan Chandra in her book Democratic Dynasties, dynasts are everywhere. For instance, while the Congress had one of the highest numbers of dynasts in the 2014 elections with more than 47% from some families, The Bharatiya Janta Party also had 14% of dynast, which was a drop from the previous figure in the previous election of 19%. In fact, Chandra's 2016 book says that 22% of all MPs and 33% of all of India's current chief ministers and the leaders of 36% of parties in parliament have a dynastic background. So how is it that the BJP is able to avoid the dynastic association, even though it has many dynasts in its ranks?
3: This is a very interesting question. And I think this is where a lot of public debate is happening, that why, despite BJP having perhaps similar number of uh, political families and increasingly taking in politicians who belong to political families, continues to attack on dynastic politics and in some ways also gets traction. The key point here is that we need to differentiate between dynastic politics and dynastic parties. See, dynasticism in politics is true across the world. Even in Western Europe or North America, there are political families which have been dominant for a very, very long period of time. What is peculiarly different about South Asia that most of our parties or political parties are dynastic in nature, which is that these parties are controlled by single family. If you think of uh, uh, political parties in India that have survived more than 25, 30 years, I think it would be hard for you to count more than four or five parties that are not family-based parties. And that is the distinction which is BJP using. So BJP, yes, it has uh, uh, political families uh, in its rank and file, but what they are trying to do is build this argument about dynasticism in politics, corruption, nepotism and misgovernance and weaving them into a platform. So what separates say a Samajwadi party or a Congress uh, from BJP is that uh, the Samajwadi party, the DMK and the TMC and uh, the Shiv Sena where there's now a controversy, all are family based parties. They're controlled by a single family. And in BJP, still the top positions are not held by any particular political family in that sense. And that's what the distinction we need to understand.
0: I took this question to union minister and BJP leader Anurag Thakur. Thakur's father, Prem Kumar Dhumal, was the chief minister of Himachal Pradesh between 2007 and 2012. When he became chief minister in 2007, he handed over the Lok Sabha seat to his son an uh, is independence day mein, ne, you know, the slogan that he talked about ki dynasty to, hai, to opposition wale hai, wo, family hai, aapka to family how do you
4: counter that
5: as someone needs to hear his old speeches where he has defined dynasty after Jawaharlal Nehru, Indira Gandhi took over the Congress. After her, Rajiv Gandhi, then Sonia Gandhi, then Rahul Gandhi. This is control over a party. After Mulayam Singh, Akhilesh has control over the SP. Those who contest elections come after securing votes. A person can be a dynast once, but after winning four times, they cannot be called dynasts Because people have voted for them.
0: So the same reasoning is given by the BJP and the Congress for justifying dynastic politics. And perhaps all the regional party leaders like the Bijujanda Dal, which also had a high percentage, like 40% of dynasts in 2014, while NCP and RLD and INLD were the others with significant number of dynasts too. In fact, Rahul Verma believes that most of this data is actually underreported and family members in politics is a much more prevalent phenomenon.
3: I did my doctoral dissertation on political families in India and uh, it was largely based on a data set that I created uh, in state of Uttar Pradesh uh, from 1970s to 2020. And so there is no data set that exists uh, on which we can map out uh, dynasticism in Indian politics over time. Uh, and the reason is following, it's it's sort of like our focus is too much on Uh, sons and uh, brothers and perhaps wives. Uh, But if you start counting dynasticism by blood relations, where sisters and cousins and nephews are also part of politics, uh, I think the trend of dynasticism in Indian politics is going upwards. Uh, I don't think it has declined in uh, any way.
0: The signs of family dominance are evident from the north to the south of the country. There's Uttar Pradesh, where Akhilesh Yadav has been appointed as chief of the Samajwadi party for the third time, a party founded by his
6: father.
0: In a way, Akhilesh is right. Everyone in India understands the ties that families demand. They understand that other than the well-known political figures, even local leaders can have a connect with the community when they pass on the seat to their children. Take Jagan Mohan Reddy, for example. Just by being his father, Vyasar Reddy's son in Andhra Pradesh, he was able to influence masses of people in the state and virtually wiped out the rivals, the Congress Party. The Samajwadi Party, in fact, has several family members who are all simultaneously thriving, Patriarch Mulayam Yadev's daughters-in-law, one of them is in BJP, nephews, brother apart from his son. The state has recently also seen the BSP leader Mayawati choose her nephew Akash Anand to handle the upcoming state elections. Writer of her biography, Ajay Bose, feels that it's symptomatic of the present trend of all party heads trusting only their family members.
7: Well, Mayawati, uh certainly um, in the beginning, uh, when she became the uh, leader of the BSP, uh, did not promote any members uh, of her family. In fact, he kept uh, all her members uh, of her family out um, from, you know, she, of course, wasn't uh Married, So there was no question of her children. But even her brothers, um, you know, they were kept away for um, quite a long time. But we have seen that in recent years, first her brother, uh, she had one particular younger brother whom she was very fond of. And then her nephew has increasingly been groomed. What has happened in the past uh, few decades is that virtually every party has been ruled uh, by one single individual or a relative of theirs. I mean, either children or relatives.
0: Similarly, there's the Trinamool Congress founder, Mamta Banerjee, who chose her nephew to be the general secretary of the party. His starring role to expand the party's national footprint hasn't gone down well with others in the party. And according to Rahul Barma, BJP's targeting of this new trend may not have worked in the last 2021 assembly elections, but could do so in the future. That's why the BJP is relentlessly calling him Bhaipo or nephew in Bengali.
2: Kharagpur Anek mein. आत्मनिर्भर भारत के महत्वपूर्ण सेंटर बनने की बरपूर संभावनाएं, इन संभावनाओं पर भी टीएमसी सरकार ने लगातार चोट पहुंचाई है, प्रहार किया है। एक तरफ देश निरंतर सिंगल विंडो सिस्टम की तरफ बढ़ रहा है। सरकार के अंदर सिंगल विंडो विस्तीम इसलिए ताकि कारोबारी को, उद्यमी को यहाँ वहाँ भटकना न पड़े, लेकिन पश्चिम बंगाल में एक अलग तरह का ही सिंगल विंडो सिस्टम बना दिया गया है, यहाँ एक अलग प्रकार का सिंगल विंडो है, बंगाल वालों को पता है, देशवासियों को अभी पता नहीं है इसका, ये सिंगल विंडो क्या है? बंगाल में सिंगल विंडो है
0: The irony, of course, is the BJP's main leader in the state, Shwendo Adhikari, is also a dynast.
3: If you think about nephews, nephews have been also part of of, of Indian politics. Uh, of Thakre first promoted his nephew Raj Thakre, and then once the son came into picture, uh, then Raj Thakre was sidelined. Similarly, Prakash Singh Badal promoted Manpreet Badal, but once Sukhbeet Badal came into picture, Manpreet was sidelined. Jayalalitha also promoted uh, Foster's son, Dinakaran. So in that sense, what Mayawati and Mamta Banerjee is doing is part of a larger trend. Both of these leaders do not have sons or uh, daughters. So naturally, they are going to go for immediate relative, who is uh, the nephew. See, it's possible that BJP's attack on Abhishek Banerjee in 2021 didn't uh, work in the way party may have desired. At any given election, there are several issues and some issues become important in shaping the election outcome. Uh, The dynastic attack on Abhishek Banerjee and TMC may have not worked in 2021, but there's no guarantee that this is not going to work in 2024 or 2026. As the power of Abhishek Banerjee within the TMC uh, increases and Abhishek becomes the main face, perhaps uh, this may gain traction and BJP is playing a long game in Bengal, now that they have managed to gain a foothold and emerge as the second pole of Bengal politics, they would want to find other issues than on religion and caste and development, misgovernance, corruption and dynasticism. All of this, when will get combined, it will... Uh, prepare BJP for a much more solid attack on TMC. That does not mean that raising this issue will naturally make BJP a winner in Bengal politics. There are other structural factors that is going to constrain BJP's growth beyond a point. But I think BJP will continue using this plank in Bengal and in other states.
2: High भारत जैसे लोकतंत्र में, जहाँ लोग गरीबी से जूझ रहे हैं, तभी एक तरफ से देखते हैं एक तरफ वो लोग हैं जिनके पास रहने के लिए जगह नहीं है, दूसरी पर वो तरफ लोग हैं जिनको अपना चोरी किया हुआ माल रखने के लिए जगह नहीं है।
0: Do you think he is targeting the congress more with this? Or is this actually uh, aimed at regional
5: parties? Look at the churning that is taking place in regional parties. People are in the process of leaving because they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They cannot see anything for themselves in the future. They cannot be head of the party. They cannot be the president of the regional party. Forget about the National Party. Where is the democracy within these regional parties? From Farooq Abdullah to Omar Abdullah, from Mufti Saeed to Mehbuba Mufti, from Mulayam Singh and Akhilesh Yadav to MK Stalin. They are all in the same boat. And look at the BJP. Has anyone from the same family become the party president?
0: The impression that Anurag Thakur and the ruling party are trying to create is a link between dynastic politics and merit. But in reality, that link can't be backed up by facts. In a research, academic Kanchan Chandra found that dynastic MPs and non-dynastic MPs do not differ on indicators of performance. The average attendance of both type of MPs in the Lok Sabha was the same. And there was only a slight difference in the utilization of funds by dynastic and non-dynastic MPs under the Members of Parliament Local Area Development Scheme, what's more commonly known as MP Lads. Kanchan Chandra felt that the growth of dynastic politics and its spread to unexpected parties was more because of weaker organization and ideology, forcing parties to rely on family ties. That's why in areas that the BJP wasn't strong, it inducted dynasties. Listen to how the NCP founder, Sharad Pawar's daughter Supriya Sule shuts down BJP's Tejashwi Arya on this point in Parliament.
6: Before the advent of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, the country's political map, the country's states was majorly controlled by a few political families and dynasty-based political parties. सर आप देखिए भारत के मैप कश्मीर से लेकर कन्याकुमारी तक जो पार्टियाँ परिवारवादी पार्टियाँ थीं वही पार्टियाँ समाजवादी पार्टियाँ भी थीं। तो so, समाजवादी परिवारीवादी थी, परिवारवादी समाजवादी थी। इसलिए क्योंकि सर, if you if you create an open economy, more and more self-made capable leaders, self-made more and more entrepreneurs, millionaires, they will wealth generation will take place. The reason why the dynasty politics preferred socialism and kept a closed economy was because they did not want challengers to come and challenge their thrones, challenge their fiefdoms.
4: I am very proud of whose daughter I am. I am not ashamed about it at all. I am proud in the house that I was born in. But I want to ask him that what is his story and I just little one small note. Rita Munde, Poonam Mahajan, Hina Gavit, Khadsa, Raksha Khadse, Sujay Vike Patil, Jyoti Raditya Sindhya, who also is now a minister, sir, Piyush Goyal, Dharmendra Pradhan, all my very good friends. I am very proud of them. I am all part, with just the common thing I have with them. We were all born in political families, and I am not ashamed to be born in a political family.
0: Gaurav Gogoi and the DMK Minister Pete Yagarajan say that this entire campaign is BJP propaganda that's found support in the media.
1: I think it is for the people of India to decide. It is for them to decide who they want to support. But for that decision, a democracy needs to prevail, their decision needs to be informed and they need to have a choice. Now, what is happening today? Today, they don't have the right information because the role of media is suspect. I'm talking generally, but you need an independent media that speaks truth to power. And yet today we are often see examples where media are acting as spokespersons of the government.
0: The BJP is they, they keep throwing that at people that, that, that look, the other the party other, are sort of dynasts. They certainly use really it very effectively, effectively against, against the Congress. Against the- Why is it that it's something that the voters seem to respond to in uh, giving advantage to the BJP in North India? But you know, in, in Tamil Nadu, in Andhra Pradesh, in Telangana, this is not an issue.
8: Again, as with everything, I have three or four answers. The first is the BJP is as full of dynasties as any other party. Tell me if that's true or not. I'll show you the graphic otherwise, right? Number two, I came to politics 10 years after my father died. It's not, you know, and I was a rich man with a successful career before I came. It's not like they gave me, a you know, a kind of plate of opportunity when I was like 18 and fit for nothing and hadn't proven myself in the world. So there's all kinds of dynastic politics, you know, number two. Number three, I didn't want it bad enough. I didn't pay for votes. I refused to pay for votes. So the people don't seem to have a problem. If you deliver the result, so clearly it was my family's legacy that got me elected the first time. Second time, I was explicit. I said, doesn't matter who my father was. Now I've been in MLA for five years. Have I delivered? If so, vote for me. If not, get a better man than me or a better woman than me. No problem. So that's the last thing I would say is they haven't taken control of the narrative in a way and basically with their, you know, uh, crony capitalist friends, acquired, subjugated, like brought all these media to heel.
0: The question, of course, is whether the BJP will use this perception of being led by self-made politicians as opposed to dynasts to win elections. And many agree that it is an effective weapon.
3: And so if you see that uh, BJP is trying to expand itself in Bengal or in Telangana and in both these states, state-level formations are led by, in some ways, political families. Uh, The party will also try to expand itself in Maharashtra and in Bihar now after JDU has left and joined hand with RJD. So going forward, this plank is going to be one of the important platforms on which BJP is going to build its campaign on. कांग्रेस की कठिनाई
2: यह है के आगे उन्होंने कुछ सोचा ही नहीं कि उनकी और पार्टी में जो डेमोक्रेसी की बात करते हैं ना वो जरा समझे भारत के लोकतंत्र को सबसे बड़ा खतरा परिवारवादी पार्टियों का है ये मानना पड़ेगा जब कोई परिवार सर्वोपरी होता है तब सबसे पहली कैजुअल्टी जब पार्टी में भी कोई एक परिवार सर्वोपरी हो जाता है तो सबसे पहली कैजुअल्टी टैलेंट की होती है यस ने अरसे तक इस सोच का बहुत नुकसान उठाया है मैं चाहता हूं I didn't choose to be born in this family. I didn't
4: sign up and say, listen, I'd like to be born in this family. It happened. So the choice in front of me is pretty simple. I can either turn around and say, okay, listen, I'll just walk away from this thing and uh, leave it alone. Or I can say, I can try and improve something. Pretty much every single thing I have done in my political career has been to open the system, has been to bring in youngsters, has been to democratize. I am absolutely against the concept of dynasty. Anybody who who knows me knows that, understands that, right? But you're not going to wish away Dynasty in a closed system. You have to open the system. Dynasty dynasty, or children of politicians becoming powerful happens in the BJP, it happens in the DMK, it happens in the SP, it happens in the Congress Party, it happens everywhere.
0: One thing is for certain though, when Narendra Modi started his prime ministerial campaign in 2013 and 2014, dynastic politics was an effective weapon against Rahul Gandhi And come 2024, it'll continue to be weaponized. The only difference is that the targets of that weapon have simply increased. That's it on this edition of First Voice, Last Word. Don't forget to tune in to the next edition of our show, which will also be the last in this season. Do write in to me at Sunitra C on Twitter to let me know your thoughts. This episode was produced by Deepti Ahuja and edited by Sanju Abraham with editorial inputs by Sneha Shish Roy and Disha Kumari. See you next time. Goodbye.